0: You're listening to audio from Plank Harvest Church, located in Crossville, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church and its various ministries, please visit our website at www.plankrowharvest.org. Well, it's it's been a year and a half since I've been here, and uh, wow, your kids sure have a way of growing in a year and a half. Oh my goodness. I saw Hunter walk by me and I thought, oh my goodness, a year and a half. Uh, Thank you. Donna and I moved here after uh, 35 years in ministry in the Chicago area. We moved here 10, 11, almost 12 years ago now. We were here for 10 years. And I want you to hear me. Plant, grow, harvest ministered, cared for, loved us more than anybody over those 10 years. The impact and the encouragement uh, to Donna and I, my wife has had, basically has been in bed for 16 years now with, she had breast cancer and just really struggled. The medical community says she's in the 2% of women that struggle the worst uh, after all the complications of chemo, radiation, surgery, ongoing medication, and then all kinds of other complications. You ministered to her. You visited her. Eight times in 2017, eight times my heart stopped. And when the good Lord stops your heart, he turns off the key and you drop right where you're at. Every 30 days, for eight months, it took the medical community to discover what my problem was, and then I needed a pacemaker. And uh, uh, once they put that in, I've not had a problem since. But boy, you were there. You were visiting me in the hospital. You were coming in, the Bisbee Boys and Clan, uh, coming into the hospital room and and uh, are rehearsing Bible verses together and uh, i It'd be way too dangerous for me right now to start going into mentioning names. You guys have just been uh, so wonderful, uh, helping me with the boat, helping me with the rV, helping me pack up our house here a year and a half ago. Uh, Wow, thank you so much for what you did for for Donna and I. It was just incredible and our time in in uh, chicago has has uh, been extremely refreshing the church i'm I'm involved with is uh, called mission church and uh you might guess, at least those that know me, uh, I'm on the prayer team. And uh, we have, uh, at this church, they have three services, and and they have a boiler team next to, a boiler room, they call it, uh, next to the main sanctuary. And uh, they had 110 baptisms in this last year. And just absolutely incredible. They... Uh, they have the alpha program for new people coming in 10 weeks in the spring and fall. And, and then they have uh, uh, a partnership class for 10 weeks. goes on a different night. Anyway, every single time in the boiler room that's next to the sanctuary, there's a team of six to 20 intercessors, men and women. For 40 years, I've been praying for men to feel the call to prayer. The most manly thing you can do is receive the Holy Spirit and allow him to pray through you. It is just incredible. And uh, uh, it has been wonderful. I, I love this particular church and, and uh, the way it's come. So, so thank you. You've been so encouraging. You prayed with me. You prayed for us, you prayed for Donna many times, my wife, and Donna and I, you know Donna, as I was walking out of the door of the rV, uh, she you know she said, "Make sure you say thank you." and I want to say it over and over again for all the ways you reached out to us. You are doing what the church is called to do to love one another, and we sure received it we I'm I'm, uh, blessed to say, uh, you know, so many people in the year and a half I've been up in Chicago, returned back up there, are wondering, why would I leave beautiful Tennessee and come back to Chicago? How crazy are you? There's There's seven lanes of highway coming to Crossville and a half a lane going back up to Illinois. Uh, You know, uh, just insane. But there's one reason that we moved back, and that is that our 35-year-old son and our beautiful daughter-in-law started having children. And uh, so I've got Anthony Joseph uh, he's now two and a half, and uh, we've got an unknown that'll be born in June, so our second grandbaby. And I, you know, I was watching Daryl uh, playing with the grandkids. You know, when you were young, uh, and I was sitting over here and saying, I got a grandkid now. And he was newborn back then i got to get back up to Chicago. This is foolishness that I'm not there to love him and, and to help uh, my son raise him and, and be a part of his life. So uh, I can't imagine uh, the Ostranders and the Bisbys. You're going to have so many, <laughs> Jed, so many grandkids and great-grandkids. And praise the Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, that'll be a whole nother year, won't it? That'll be a whole nother year, but I love it i when when he comes and I was at the, our ministry's uh forty fifth anniversary uh of the ministry that Donna and I started up in Chicago among the poor and needy, and we were there four hundred people at a sit down dinner, and they had me stand up as the as uh, the founder and developer of the work and and Donna couldn't. She didn't. wasn't. She was there. She wasn't strong enough to stand up that night. And anyway, I stood up, and and they introduced me. And and uh, my my two year. He was the only kid there. My two and a half year old grandson screamed out, "Grampy!" and he ran and dove into my arms, and and
1: oh, it was
0: just wonderful. I'm sorry. I, I'm just reminiscing here a little bit. Uh, uh, It'll go somewhere, I hope, Lord Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk today. Pastor Elias challenged me to do this. And uh, then when Dale asked me if I would speak this morning, I, I didn't know if he was kidding or serious or what. And uh, uh, All of a sudden, I got this download uh, of some of the thoughts I'd like to share, some of the uh, parts I'd like to share with you here today. I want to talk about your greatest friend, my greatest friend. I want to talk about the greatest need of the church worldwide and, and plant, grow, harvest today. The greatest need. If you have a Bible, uh, or, or if you don't, or your phone, you have it on your phone or whatever, uh, I'm going to pray a prayer of David's. The King David and uh in 1st Chronicles 16. You would think this is a it is a psalm, but it's in the book of Chronicles, 1st Chronicles 16. In this same menu of 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 thankfulness as I am For plant, grow, harvest, and all the ways you helped us, David was very thankful at this point, and he gives a psalm of thanks. And I want, as I pray this, I want you to to think what motivated him to be able to come up with this. What. What inspired him to be able to pray in such an incredible way? Here we are, thousands of years later, praying that same prayer, joining him. So, 1 Chronicles 16, I'm going to start in verse 7, in and, and an attitude of prayer. That day, David, first committed to SF and his associates, this psalm of thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what the Lord has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell Tell of all his wonderful acts glory in his holy name let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice look the Lord look to the Lord in his strength seek his face always remember the wonders he has done his miracles and the judgments he pronounced O descendants of Israel his servant sons of Jacob his chosen ones and I'm going to Drop down to verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy to pray uh, to praise. Great is the Lord and most worthy. To praise. And then I jump to verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Cry out, save us. Oh God, our Savior, gather us, deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name, that we may glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. From an everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen. David had this incredible intimacy with God. He he knew God in a way that was so empowering, so full of praise, so anticipating, and expecting miracles because he he heard about miracles, and he saw miracles in his life, and he expected them. Why? How? How did this motivation come to this great, humble, yet king of Israel? It was our friend. It was our greatest friend that was there with David. Ministering into his life and flowing out of David's life. David wasn't perfect. The Lord forgave him many, many things because, as it says in this prayer, seek his face always. Seek him. Seek his face always. Our greatest friend. The greatest friend, and I will uh, thank Tracy again for interpreting with Pastor Elias and I here quite a while ago as I wrote some notes and he and I had a time together uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, our greatest friend. If he's not our greatest friend, he should be. The presence of God in our lives. God wants to be present in our life. David got his power, his insight, his audacious, beautiful praise to God from the Holy Spirit at work in his life. And we this many thousands of years later, need to engage more than ever. The greatest need of the church today. Back in uh, 1964, Martin Lloyd-Jones, a pastor uh, in England, at Westminster Cathedral preached that the most vital and greatest need of the church today is a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit. To rev- Now listen to what the Holy Spirit does as we try to draw near to him, as we try to seek face to face, as we welcome him to come into our lives. Back then... And ever true today is a fresh visitation from the Holy Spirit to revive hearts, win the loss, destroy the devil, and care for the poor. Very powerful. The presence of the Holy Spirit using your specific gifts is the greatest need today for us to become friends in a greater measure with the mystery of this trinity. Did Jesus have a special relationship with the Holy Spirit as, as the Son of Man? If he did, maybe we need to, even to a greater measure than we've experienced so far. And I know the mystery of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one yet three, is a challenge for us to get our arms around. But listen to this. I'm going to start in uh, Luke. Actually, Luke 3. The greatest need of the church today is a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, and I'm, I'm going to skip a stone over, over a number of uh, verses here in the Gospel of Luke. Luke 3, verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying... Heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You are my son, said the Father to his son at the time that the Trinity meshed in a very special way with the Son of God. The Holy Spirit came upon Him. And this is the only verse, the only rendering uh, of the baptism of Jesus where it is talking about Jesus praying. Prayer is the work of the Holy Spirit through us. And Jesus was praying and the Holy Spirit came on Him. Now. Just flipping a page, at least in my Bible, uh, before he goes into the temptation, in verse in chapter 4, Luke 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert. And he goes into the temptation but full of the Holy Spirit. It's our calling. The Holy Spirit is our friend. The Holy Spirit, we need to study, we need to learn, we need to go where we see the work of the Holy Spirit happening here among you and in Crossville. Jesus, full of the Spirit, returned from being baptized and was led by the Spirit into the desert. Oh, the passion of today. And I I so enjoyed so many of you that were childlike enough over the eight years that I was with you here, ten years in Crossville, uh, to see that you would listen to his voice and you would take the leading of, of of his voice. Led by the Holy Spirit, our greatest friend, Luke four, fourteen. after the temptation is over and Jesus succeeds by declaring, it is written, it is written, it is written. Uh, uh, passion for prayer, passion for the scripture. Again, it says in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, capital S. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. And then drop down to verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is on me as he was reading Isaiah. Christ had this intimacy, but so much so that Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, is capturing that here's the son of man and the son of God and working with the third person person of the Trinity the Holy Spirit's at work inside of him if this is the Christ demonstrating a walk with the Holy Spirit how much more do we need to welcome and see face to face the the yearning of the Holy Spirit inside of us then we go to five just the next chapter over we're not done 517, one day as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was present for Jesus to heal the sick. There's this power that comes on Jesus at times where, where he heals the sick, which is often. Uh, but again, a presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you back up just a little bit uh, to, to verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So critical to knowing the Holy Spirit is, is to step in, uh, praying, to initiate you know, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. There are spiritual disciplines that we need to be involved with: reading the Bible, praying, sharing our faith, discovering our 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 spiritual gifts, and, and stepping out with those gifts. You guys are so gifted here. Uh, to employ those gifts are all ways that that. That unties the arms of the Holy Spirit in your life. He he's chained until you know we release him uh, in in his work by stepping out in faith. When I started out, I I, uh, I when I started out as golly many years ago. I was sharing it over here that. I worked with some children, and this very pretty girl at the, at the church, I was 19, this very pretty girl at the church came to me, I was a, a Christian for about a year, and uh, she invited me to go to the rescue mission about 30 miles away, uh, and, and to help out with uh, black, Latino, Caucasian, and Asian children from poverty areas around this uh, town that's 35 miles west of Chicago. And so uh, I asked her if she would be there. And uh, she said, yeah. Uh, So uh, you kind of know where the story's going. I ended up marrying her. But uh, (laughs) uh, uh, so I I went there. And then while I was there, she turned to me and she said, okay, you're going to lead the children's church program uh, you're the yeah the church. you're going to be the pastor of the children's church program and so i got up in front i barely knew the bible and in comes uh, 75 wild uh, just wild kids uh, just just un- you know incredible and so i got up and i i did i i read the bible story to, uh, the christmas story to them and, of course, I didn't, get, I didn't get three minutes into talking about it before they started ripping hair out of each other. Chairs were flying, screaming. Don, uh, Donna and the other uh, counselors there were trying to control them. I mean, I was totally devastated uh, uh, by the experience and, and knew it was a waste of time. But Donna turned to me afterward and she said, Okay, when you come back next week... Just start thinking about some other gospel story or, or whatever. And you're doing a good job. Get in there and you know we'll activate. You know, and I didn't know anything about public speaking or, or whatever. So I read in the Bible uh, that you pray in your closet. So I was praying in my closet at home and p- a private place and just asking, God, help me with these kids and i uh, uh so we you know I was trembling and, and shaking all week long to have to go in front of these kids again, but Donna was going to be there, and i I just wanted to uh spend a little more time with this this gal and uh so I went in and at the rescue mission i 'll never forget it. I can take you there even today at this big warehouse rescue mission uh they had a a closet, a a walk-in, mops and and everything. So while they were doing things with the kids and then we would worship and that'd be the end of the morning, I went into this closet and I moved the buckets and I moved over uh, everything I could to make room to kneel down. I said, oh, my God, help me. What am I going to do? You know, and... I felt an urging a, a flash in my mind. the Bible calls it a word of knowledge, but it just was something that yeah, I could have written it off as my own imagination, but a, a flash in my mind I remembered reading about Jesus walking on water, and uh, uh, i I opened the Bible, turned on the light in the in the and I opened up the Bible to luke five and and uh, his calling and and uh, uh, Peter, and so I went out there again with my big Bible and walked up, and all the kids came in. And, oh good, free free for all again is what we're going to do today. And I will admit, I hope it was the Holy Spirit, but I will admit adrenaline kicked in, and i got I got to the point where, okay we got to take control of this thing. And then I just came down with the Bible, and I said the winds were blowing, and the thunder and lightning came down, and out they looked from their boat, and there, walking on the water, was a ghost out there. Who is that out there? The wind's blowing. The waves are going up and down. And I continued. We (laughs) don't get the whole story? Just incredible as it gave birth to storytelling and gospel storytelling. And all the kids, they just stopped froze where they were, and chairs, if they were laying on the ground because the chair fell over, they just stopped and what? They got the point. That led me to next steps in my growth and my journey of knowing the Lord. So I'm trying to say there's my friend, the Holy Spirit, that prompted me. That gave me words of knowledge there. And I started catching on to this because Jesus walked with the Holy Spirit. So uh, 517, yes, and the power was present. By the way, isn't that right here? No, that was the calling. Luke 5 is the calling of Peter, not the walking on water one. Anyway, it was great over the weeks to come, coming back with a different story every time and, and allowing that gift to flow from me that I didn't know I had, but you've got to risk, you've got to step out and, and what do you feel urged to do and step into that? Uh, 6, 19, Luke 6 verse 19, actually I'll back up to 18 who had come, a large crowd, who had come to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured. And the people all tried to touch him because power was coming out of him and healing them all. And then he goes on uh, to the blessings and the woes in his teaching. But power came out of him. Friends, the greatest need of the church today is the presence of the Holy Spirit to rest on you, plant, grow, harvest. The greatest need of the church today is for the power of the Holy Spirit. Stop it. We've got to expect. We've got to step out in faith believing. I, I don't know why. Donna and I have prayed for people and they've been healed and Donna's in bed for 16 years. She has about a three to five hour day. You might see her over at Kroger and say, what's that guy talking about? You know, she's got her sling. She just, anyway. Uh, I don't know why, but I know one thing. I'm not going to stop praying for my wife. I'm not going to stop inviting others to come and pray for my wife. The power of God to be released in this hour is incredibly important when we see the world seen. And what's happening in the Ukraine today. And and President Zelensky, we've got to pray for that guy. And seek the face of God. God... How do we pray for him? What miracles can be happening today through the church in the Ukraine? God bless the Christians there. Moving on. 10, uh, I'm going to take a jump to chat Luke 10. Luke 10, 21. At the time, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wives and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. One of the greatest things about our friend the Holy Spirit is the more childlike you can be, at listening to his voice and obeying. The more childlike you can be to those little promptings inside of you, those urgings inside of you. What's, what's the will of God? I get asked frequently. What's the will of God for me and uh, regarding marrying this young lady? Well, what does the Bible say? Uh, the Bible says that, that you know, you should marry a believer and that you should get married and, and a man and woman married. Uh and and uh okay, uh, you're doing that. Now, now is she a believer? Oh yeah, yeah, she she loves Jesus, goes to church, reads the Bible, ties. Great. Uh Are there other young ladies you're you're enjoying right now and getting to know? Yeah, there are, and I want to know what's God's will. Well, didn't we just explain it? Pick her, pick this one, and go, and step into what is your urging? Uh, what's God's will for me? Should I? Should I? If that was hard to understand, illustration. Uh, what college should I go to? Uh, well look at the colleges, read the scriptures, which one's going to bring good teaching to you, going to bring an encouragement of your faith, and pick that one. Go, but while you go, desire intimacy with the Holy Spirit, whatever school it's at, whatever person you marry, whatever book you want to read, what's the book you want to read that's going to inspire the Holy Spirit inside of you and and. Knowing the will of God is stepping into it, but then activating that faith, expecting to see God work. Jesus, full of power, and the Holy Spirit, he was able to heal and to bring great power through him. The joy of the Holy Spirit have you ever felt that ever been in the presence of God and just know at that moment that fireworks are going off inside of you it 's a sweet just a sweet. we were ministering in in Argentina and uh, uh, they invited us to to, to come uh, forward or a number of us Americans there and and to, pr- and to pray for people and then we heard this. They, they were singing some choruses. Uh, they had a, what do you call it, an ensemble. There's like five up on stage, whatever that is. They were, they were singing wonderfully. And then all of a sudden, the, the room just got full of, I mean, it seemed like there were a 1,000 people in the room. And, and the singing was, and the joy just came alive inside of us. It, it was just incredible. And Donna, as we were walking out after we prayed for people, and, and uh, we saw healings, we saw deliverances from the demons. And, and uh, uh, as we were walking out, you know, we were just talking about how joy, joyous it was, the, the fullness of that. And, and Donna said, yeah, you know, uh, to one of the ladies that, uh, on our team, and she said, you know, uh, it was like if angels uh, were singing there with her. And this other lady uh, in the Holy Spirit, you know, she said, yeah, it sounded like it because it was it. And we knew, Donna, that you caught on to it because the second the angels started singing, you got up on your feet and, and started joining in. And friends... face to face, seeking the Holy Spirit. Jesus is seeking the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit is flowing out of him. Now, I wanna wanna jump to to Acts. Luke wrote the book of uh, Luke and he wrote the book of Acts and he goes into the ascension of Jesus in Acts one and we see it again. The, The Bible makes it clear Jesus had this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, and it was a working relationship. It, it, it was a love relationship. But one, one. In my former book, talking about the, what we call the Gospel of Luke, Theophilus, I wrote all about uh, that. Uh, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. Do you see it, the intimacy? Luke's catching it. It's not just Jesus. We think of Jesus, the Son of God, needing the presence of the Holy Spirit, wanting the presence of that Trinity to be at work. Oh, friends, desire the presence of God. The Holy Spirit, desire him to to be on your life. And, and the instructions that he gave was through the Holy Spirit. Then we drop down to the, the famous activation uh, as he's just about ready to go up to heaven, Acts 1.8. Many of you here have it memorized. But you will receive power. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power will come on you. Oh, that the portals could be opened and the power of God come and rest on his church. His church here, his church uh, scattered throughout Cumberland County, Tennessee, United States and the world, oh God. You know, you know right now, you know I'm part of, the, of this prayer movement and uh, various prayer movements up in Chicago. Do you know that there are well over 2,000 Americans that are praying for one billion souls? A revival where one billion souls. Could you pray for 10? 10 people you know in your sphere of influence that could never become a Christian because they're so anti to Christ, so anti to the things of God. They never, my brother would never have become a Christian. But we started praying. And my mother prayed. Oh boy, did she pray. And my brother, after 35 years of hardcore alcoholism, 10 years of being a Harley Davidson hog outlaw, uh, seven marriages, surrendered his heart to Christ and became a believer. Through the pr- I'm convinced through the prayers of my mother as she prayed through. and I, Once in a while, I would even pray for my brother. He was a rascal, I got to admit. My, older, I'm, I was the youngest of the family. But friends, who are the 10 people? The 10 people in your life that you should be praying, Holy Spirit, how do I pray for Sally? How do I pray for Michael? How do I pray for Josiah? How do I pray for whoever? Uh, and, And pray, welcoming the Holy Spirit to pray through you, that we would see the power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will, not you might, you will, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and the other most parts of the earth. Well, we got one more. It's the hinge of the New Testament. The verse we're about to look at. Maybe the hinge of the whole Bible. It, meaning it, it rests on this verse. An incredible verse. Memorize it. It's a great verse. Saturate it into your heart. Acts 10. 38, now Jesus has ascended. The day of Pentecost came and the spirit fell out on everybody. And Luke identifies, uh, well, verse 37, you know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Uh, There's another translation, the, the uh, the New Living Bible says, No doubt you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went out healing, delivering, doing the work, and releasing the power to you and to me. Releasing the power to us of the Holy Spirit to keep out, to keep at it. I would use Dale for from time to time. Uh, Dale, I was over at Lowe's and and I felt uh, prompting as I was getting in my car. I looked over and this guy crippled, you know, with a cane and, and stuff came out and I was prompted but I didn't pray. I didn't go over to him and pray for him. I didn't want to interrupt him. I don't know if I was, if I was fearful, I was, uh, uh, full of anxiety or whatever but I got in the car and prayed for him but that's not what the Lord was telling me he was telling me to go over and pray for him and it challenged me so much it grieved my heart so much that I told Pastor Dale that about it to receive his encouragement come on Tony you better you could walk into those things and and it was tremendous encouragement to be more childlike, be more childlike in your walk here of wanting our best friend, the Holy Spirit, to come down and to work in, inside of us. The greatest need of the church today is a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not to be locked in traditions. Not to be doing things that we can do under our own power. But to believe God. Get two or three together to go do whatever it is. But to believe that the Holy Spirit will work through you as you go. My mother, I haven't seen a lot of healings. But boy, when I've seen them, uh, for people I've prayed for, my mother uh, stepped into eternity when she was 92 years old. She became a believer when she was 30. So she had 30 years of a Czech uh, heritage, uh, Czech Catholic background, but never went to church. And never taught us anything about Jesus till. Neighbors started telling us from for fifty years. You can get down here to verify. I'm not for fifty years. My mom had five days a month without a migraine headache. It was the most severe uh, fifty years. She was taking 150 to 200 Anacin Aspirin's a week through that era. When I took her to the Diamond Clinic uh, in Chicago, the world-renowned migraine Diamond Clinic, because I, too, was experiencing uh, uh, five times a month, maybe five hours of extreme migraine headaches where I had to pull down the windows and lay in bed, and oh, it just was horrific. So when my mom, I'm 30, let's see, I gotta get this right, I'm 50 years old, and still having these migraines about five times a month, unexpected, and my mom's 80 years old at that point, we stepped out in faith, and we said, we being a Lutheran, a, a couple of Baptists, uh, a Pentecostal brother, uh, we got together. We all had prayed together and uh, believing God for people's salvation and for discipleship. We got together and we said, we got a little chapel at the ministry that we founded and, and uh, there's a little chapel there by the river. Let's have a healing service. If the Holy Spirit healed in days gone by. Why won't he be healing here today? And everybody thought it was a great idea. Well, about six people came. And my mother was one of them that came to this healing service we, we had in this little chapel. And uh, uh, my mom was sitting in a chair. And uh, I was, well, I'll move the chair this way. My mom's in front of me, and I'm not touching her. My, her head's there, and I'm, but I got my hand over, and I'm, I'm praying for my mom, and the Lutheran minister is down here, on on the floor, and he's he's uh, holding her hand, and and uh, and then we got these ladies over here, and so we're praying for my mom. We're we're just praying, welcoming the Holy Spirit to come, and and to heal her of these migraines, and and I was praying, and I just felt the flow. Jesus says in John seven thirty-seven, and out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This it says right there in John 7.37, it says, This he spoke of the Holy Spirit, who had not yet come at that point, that rivers will flow out of you. So we're praying. And I'm sensing these rivers flowing and 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 all of a sudden, I had my eyes closed, and all of a sudden, the Lutheran minister down there, he starts yanking on my pants. And, and he says, open your eyes, look. And there's my mother, sitting there in that chair, a glory on her face, but, but she was like if she was drunk. And we took her, the ladies did, took her, and, and so she wouldn't fall out of the chair, quietly laid her down. We could sense that the Spirit of God was all over her. It was a very unusual experience, I'll admit. But there she was, and we all felt led, okay, one of the ladies stayed with her, and we went on to pray for the other people, and uh, speaking into their lives. About 20 minutes later, uh, my mom's trying to get up, and I, I it was like a drunken stupor, but you know they finally helped her and and took her over. To, uh, two or three of the gate ladies took her over to a chair, and my mother is saying, "Isn't the uh, un, the incense of God wonderful in this?" You know, none of us were smelling incense, but she, she, you know, and, isn't this incredible? And and we sat her down, and. uh It took another half hour before she could stand on on her own. She never, from 80 to 92, had another migraine, ever. I stopped having migraines. My sister stopped having migraines. My niece, my sister's uh, two daughters, stopped having migraine headaches. We stepped out in faith. Yeah, have I prayed for people and they haven't gotten healed? You bet. But as the Spirit calls, we activate. Uh, And I'm not trying to make faith healers out of you. On the other hand, there's some of you that have the gift of healing in here. Some of you have the gift of evangelism. Some of you have the gift of preaching. And and some of you have the gift of hospitality. I've really enjoyed that gift. Uh, thank you. And some of you have the gift of administration. We need to step in and activate. I don't care if you're retired. I'm an old geezer too. And But I want the Holy Spirit to work through me. No greater joy than seeing somebody healed, seeing somebody delivered a demonic influence, seeing... People come to know Christ and their life transformed as they, as they sense the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, um, who, I've been asked this as I hang out with pastors a whole lot and we're praying together. I've got four different pastor groups up in Chicago that I meet with monthly to pray. I'm asked, what is the spirit over Crossville? Well, they say over the Fox Valley in Illinois, but what is the spirit over Crossville that's blocking the Holy Spirit from being released in these powerful ways that we just read that Jesus walked with him? You know, uh, Jed mentioned it in his prayer. And we know it. I'm not here to beat beat us up. But you know, often we're convinced it's the Holy Spirit is the spirit that's keeping from a release over Crossville. What, What are you talking about, Tony? I'm talking about sin. When I mute when the Spirit prompts me, that's sin. I sinned, Lord forgive me. When, uh, just trying to be sensitive here, uh, when I sense I should be doing some, you know, division. Why are our churches so divided? Do you think Christ is coming for a harem? He's coming for a bride. He's not coming for the Baptist and the Pentecostal at separate times. He's coming for a bride. Our division has got to stop. We need to focus on the primaries and release the secondaries uh, and, and, and come together. When the Holy Spirit sees unity, he comes. When the Holy Spirit sees humility, how narcissistic am i how narcissistic are we how narcissistic are our youth it's incredible today the holy spirit going to you know i i i do things my way every and then i cry out for an outpouring of the holy spirit no we need to encourage each other We need to seek and believe in the forgiveness that God offers to us and step out in faith, releasing the Holy Spirit uh, from our lives. And we could could go on. Repenting, uh, prayerlessness, being deaf to the Holy Spirit, being mute are all reasons the Holy Spirit isn't pouring out. But your encouragement here, and by the way, I just love the uh, the fact that you guys taped the messages, because you might not see me here for a year and a half, but I'm listening to them as I'm out walking and and doing my thing. Your message goes beyond this point out into the world. And uh, I'm one of your receivers uh, in listening to Dale and Jed and uh, Dave when he was here, and... Others, so uh, I I want to talk to you just very briefly. I know we're we're at the end of the time, Uh, but one of the downloads I got out on Dale's farm, the Ronda Rosa, uh, the other night was encourage the people to ask God for one word each day. Ask God for one word each day. You know, we struggle with prayer. What do I pray about? And how do I pray in the spirit? Uh, You know, okay, prayer's okay for Tony and other people, but, but no, the Bible's real clear. We all need to be praying. Dale and Jed, they need your prayers. You need your prayers as you're stepping out, you know, uh, touching lives here, those 10 people in, in that you're going to start praying for, to believe for them. One word, prayers. Uh, the word the Lord gave me today was mute. So I wrote down mute, and I looked up some Old Testament verses and some New Testament verses this morning that talked about being mute. And of course, God doesn't want us mute. He wants us out there speaking for him. And, and and not doubting him when we're in grocery stores and other places he, he doesn't so you just say that word mute mute in a prayerful way mute mute and as you say it five times you will be amazed as the holy spirit will start bringing to your mind now you got to be in some kind of a quiet place uh, not with the radio blasting and TV on and and everything going on, but then all through the day I say my one word. You know, he's given me historically. Thought I might have had it here. That's, anyway, uh, I've been doing this for three months. It has enormously helped my prayer life. One one day it was praise. And, and so praise, praise, praise. And as I say that one word, other things start coming up in my mind of what to pray about. And then as soon as I slow down in and, and what to pray about in my spirit, I start saying praise, praise, and whatever that one word is for the day. I encourage you to try it. It'll just wonderfully refresh your prayer life. I'm convinced of it. And we need our prayer life refreshed. And the Holy Spirit is the one that will do that. So where did David and Jesus get the power to praise him, the power to worship him, the power to serve him the ways that that they did through our greatest friend, the Holy Spirit? He's not here to glorify the Holy Spirit. It says in John 16, uh, the Holy Spirit's not here to glorify himself. The Holy Spirit is here to be, to to listen to whatever the Father is wanting me to hear, you to hear. There's nobody in this room too young to hear the voice of God and, and to step out, check it against the scripture. Check it against an advisor and and step out in faith. I'd like to call you today. Is the Holy Spirit a friend? Are you seeking him? Oh, how can I ramp up the passion for you not to want Pastor Dale or Jed or or any other person, me or anybody that, that... But to want the Holy Spirit. To want the presence of that Spirit that Jesus was so intimate with and modeled for us. How to walk with him. Would you think about this? Not just because somebody else does it. But I'm wondering... If the Holy Spirit is urging, is prompting in your heart, if the Holy Spirit is speaking something into your heart, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask, would you stand to your feet? Would you stand to your feet if you just sense in an unusual way uh, the urging? of wanting to know the Holy Spirit more. The Bible calls it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the the Holy Spirit coming in even a greater measure. John came baptized with water for repentance, and that's really important. But Jesus, he came to baptize you with fire and power. So, friends... What, why I'm asking, I'm going to ask, would you stand, those that would w- want this, I don't know how to do this, and we don't want to embarrass anybody, but st- stand to your feet, and you know many of you already are so passionate for the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, and, and uh, uh, that's good, and we need to be praying for each of us to, to be encouraged. Uh, Is there anybody here that would feel prompted just to stand to your feet and uh, to have this closer walk, to have this uh, desire for the Holy Spirit, a greater intimacy with the Holy Spirit? Obviously, it entails knowing him and welcoming him into our life. Let's pray. Stand, please stand if, if, you feel a prompting every head just let's let's just bow and uh it's time right now if if you feel a prompting from the holy spirit lord oh how we long for your presence to be on us today how we long for the intimacy of the Holy Spirit to be at work and flowing out of us. I pray for that miracle because you're prompting me to pray for that miracle, that breakthrough in each person in this room and especially those that are standing right now. A greater walk with you because you, Lord, want to use us in this hour. You want to plant Grow, harvest, repeat. Plant, grow, harvest, repeat. Incredibly important, Father. And Lord, we want to do this in your power as is so demonstrated in your scripture. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, as our friend. Would you become our closest friend, our best friend in the powerful name of Jesus. We pray this. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to turn it over to Dale. Thank you, Brother Tony. I love you, man. Love you, Dale. Love you.